Hello and welcome to the second episode in the package builder season of TM Podcast Black Belt Edition, our podcast about detailed topics of transportation management. Today is the 2nd of October of 2020. My name is Felipe Hernandez Plazas and I will be your host for this episode. Our expert guest will be again Marcus Zahn. Hello, Marcus. Hi, Felipe. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to have you back. And um, last time we looked in detail into a very important aspect of the package builder, the package builder profile. And today we continue with the related profiles and customizing that we had seen in this package builder profile. And I would say, Marcus, let's just dive in. Yep. Go ahead. If I again open the package builder profile, uh, going from top to bottom, the first thing that we would want to look at now is the so-called product relationship profile. It's part of the package builder engine settings. Mm -hmm. Marcus, what does the product relationship profile do? Yeah. So the first thing uh, important to mention here, this is uh, not customizing. So this is master data related because the main purpose of this profile is to define how multiple different products behave in relation to each other. The first aspect that the profile covers is the incompatibility. So things that are ordered within the same uh, business document so the same, uh, for example, sales order uh, are handed then over within the business process um, when the packaging shall happen. Um, so they are coming from the same source document. So technically they could go together onto a consolidation, for example, pallet. Uh, but here is the right spot to say, well, this cannot go together with the other product. So, for example, you have to separate due to legal requirements stuff or from a temperature perspective or uh, from a safety perspective. The second aspect that the um, profile covers is uh, when things can go together, um, how they behave when the optimizer has the um, need to stack them on top of each other. So which one is on the bottom, which one is on top, um, is it irrelevant or things like that. Okay, great. It's very interesting. So this will also control aspects both from the package builder engine that we have and also um, aspects from the optimization engine. That's this right. Also That's right. In this. Okay. So before we continue, we of course need to go into the profile. So how would we best um, open this profile? Mm -hmm. As mentioned, the profile is master data. So you find it under uh, the area uh, menu for the master data. Uh, in the section for the product definition. So where you define your material and the products um, next to the um, package type assignment, there's also um, yeah, the menu point change product relationship profile. Okay, great. So and the transaction code uh, is always quicker. So if you're in the back end and defining uh, things more um, in the old style way, um, maybe you have the transaction code at hand. Yeah, and here at this point, maybe I would uh, introduce a way that uh, we here um, often try to um, go into the profiles. We sometimes needed um, a quick way to get the transaction and uh, because we have um, many, it's not always easy. Of, of course, you can add it as a favorite in your, in your normal SAP GUI session. 
But if you actually want to find a package builder related transaction for a profile or, or similar, then we would suggest to go into the package builder package, which is called um, uh, SCMB PB. And there you would have some sub package um, or many sub packages. And one of them would be the SCMB PB underscore definitions. And there under transactions, you will also see all of the transactions. And this includes, of course, this package, uh, this product relationship profile transaction, which is called um, slash SCMB slash VC underscore MAT underscore PKG underscore RP. And if we open this and uh, execute this, we see a view cluster, which has as a as an intro view the definition of the ID for the product relationship profile. We have a description, and we have also some admin data, such as created by and uh, changed by and the date. Very similar to the package builder profile, and uh, if we have one here uh, selected, that we can go into the two. Detail views, we have one detail view regarding stacking settings and the other one regarding consolidation settings. So Marcos, what, um, in relation to what you said before, uh, what would be then defined in the stacking sections, uh, uh, settings section of this profile? Mm -hmm. So here you have the option in the uh, columns product one and product two, so very generic to define either a specific product or a reference product. I think in the first episode, we already talked a little bit about reference uh, yeah, product hierarchy, and we will come to that later, uh, how to define this in the material master data. Uh, but basically the definition here can be either very specific, uh, depending on the customer scenario, not having too many multiple different products, or on a higher level, um, saying how the product won, or relates to the product two and the two options that are there is is a stacking of product one allowed on product two and vice versa is a stacking of the product two allowed on one so within that entry you can completely specify how it behaves okay so with the four columns here we actually can define the relation from product one and two the first two columns and uh, by defining whether they can be stacked on top of each other. And you mentioned uh, rightly so that the customer can then also avoid a lot of maintenance by using the concept of reference material. Mm -hmm. What could be an example, like a concrete example here, either via reference or using the, the, the specific product? I mean, um, important to know is that the package builder optimizer, if you do not define anything here at all, would apply internally a specific stacking sequence that we already talked about when talking about the package building profile. There was a preference to, uh, to stack with a leading preference for the density or for the weight. Mm -hmm. So this is a given. And in case this definition would lead to a stacking sequence that you in your realistic scenario do not want, you would make 
the exec uh, exceptional definitions in here. So you would say even uh, if the uh, stacking sequence that the optimizer would apply uh, would lead to um, um, yeah, a correct result from a yeah, algorithmic uh, perspective, I do want it vice versa. So something that would be on the bottom should be on top. And uh, the, the root cause for this can be that, for example, the uh, yeah, original packaging, so for example, the case, um, has a higher stability even if there is some light product in it. The carton around might be very, very stable and this is why it can be on the bottom uh, of a mixed pellet and something that is actually heavier but maybe not as stable packaged uh, must be on top. So okay. that would be Understood. a typical example that you define an exceptional uh, stacking yeah sequence in here okay and the second detail view of the of this profile is called consolidation settings and if we go here we have also four columns um, and the first two are the same so here we have the product one and product two to define this relationship but we see uh, as the other two columns the incompatible column and the consolidation sequence column so how could we then understand this mm -hmm. so the incompatibility is pretty straightforward you can tell the system uh, if i have a product one and the product two can they go together so no incompatibility can they not go together at all so they will not be on the same palette or as a third option they sh in a cartonization scenario where you would say first my products are packaged into a carton and then this carton is put onto, onto the pallet. You can tell the system they cannot be in the same carton, but if they are cartonized, then they can be on the same pallet. So for example, uh, you're in a scenario where you have multiple different tea products and multiple different uh, coffee products. The first step of the um, package building is to put them into yeah, pick cartons and then to put those pick cartons onto a pallet. And if you say, I only allow in my pick cartons multiple tea products to be combined and multiple coffee products to be compi uh, combined, but within one pick carton, never coffee and tea together. But on the pallet, then if, if the cartonization has uh, considered that, they can be on the same pallet. Another option would be that you would say, I only want pallets where there is tea on, and I only want pallets where there is coffee on. Then you would define those product groups as completely incompatible. Then they would be handled separately, and you can yeah, kind of steer the scenario in any direction that you want here okay and here at the same um in the same way it's also possible to use reference materials yeah. as in the other stacking settings view and the second uh, definition that is available here is something very very specific it's a consolidation sequence um, that defines if you have products coming from multiple uh, different product groups so given an example, you have things that are uh, can products, you have things that are um, 
in plastic bottles, so PET products, and you have products that are uh, in glass bottles. Um, if you have something left that needs to be consolidated, the first thing that the optimizer needs to know is what do I prefer to combine first? So it would, uh, here you have the option to say, if I have leftovers, for example, from the can, I prefer first a mixed package building, uh, checking the PET products. And only afterwards, so the consolidation sequence here would be a one. And then you would have another entry where you say can and glass is the consolidation sequence too. Then the optimizer would need to know uh, if I uh, have uh, products coming from all of those product groups, what does my scenario prefer to be kept together? Okay, understood. So if you also wanted to define this sequence, how would I then enter this here? Is it, um, is it an integer or do we have to define some kind of groups? No, it's an integer. Okay, so by the One, ascending two, order, then that would define this sequence. Yep. Okay, great. So this is actually the um, whole product relationship profile. And this would also apply to optimizer, because I mean, we can also use the package builder without the optimizer. Is this something that is only respected by the optimizer or would it also work without having the engine, the optimizer engine running? Mm -hmm. So the incompatibility is respected also without the optimizer, uh, but the con consolidation sequence is only respected by the optimizer. Okay, understood. Good. So that's another profile that we can use in the package builder profile. And if we go back to the profile, the next step would be the location hierarchy that we had in several places uh, in the package builder profile. But the first occurrence is the use to um, determine the package type assignment or th that will be used for the package type assignment determination. Mm -hmm. um, Technically, uh, all usages of the location hierarchy are the same. So it's the same definition transaction, but you have the option to define multiple different location hierarchies for the different usages during the package building. And what you do there is uh, within a single level hierarchy, you can group locations together to yeah, basically um, save effort to define the package type assignment. I think we are going to talk about the package type assi assignment in detail later. Mm -hmm. But what you can do here is, for example, you have multiple um, warehouse locations uh, within a metropolitan area and you want uh, all of the definitions that are in the package building area to behave exactly the same for those warehouse locations. You can simply create a location hierarchy with a superordinate location that has uh, as sub-locations all of the warehouses and then define all of your package type assignments for this superordinate warehouse location, um, making those entries then valid for all of the warehouse locations. So for example, you have uh, a business where you basically cover two big cities and they behave a little bit different. So they have different assignments and they have, for example, different limits. Um, then you can set up within that location hierarchy two superordinate locations, group all of your warehouse locations together and simply save the effort um, to define 
everything that is specific for each of the warehouses. Yeah, that sounds very powerful, um, especially for the re reuse case where you define it once and can use the same concept and, and hierarchy for the other usages. To enter this hierarchy maintenance, um, is it um, something similar to the uh, package, uh, to the product um, relationship profile? Yes, this is, uh, I, I think, very old um, yeah, definition to define the location hierarchy. Um, so it's basically master data because it relates master data entities together. Um, and I think it can also be found in the uh, master data area of the of the menu and in the back end. Um, there's a, also a transaction code available. Uh, that transaction code should be slash uh, zap apo slash uh, rel ha show. Okay, that's impressive. I will not test it because I believe you, Markus. But as you mentioned, we have the master data menu point and here it uh, can also be found under transportation network and transportation zones and it's called define transportation zone hierarchy. So if we go here, we have uh, just a, a similar entry to also the material or location definition. Mm -hmm. We just define the, the name of the hierarchy And if we define, but, but uh, yes, one one hint yeah. for 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 this, if you are searching for valid uh, location hierarchies for the package builder, uh, you can enter under the hierarchy structure the name, and if you open there the F4 help, mm -hmm. there you find PB lock hierarchy as an option for the hierarchy structure. The hierarchy structure basically defines which master data objects are defined within the specific hierarchy and we have delivered a hierarchy structure to enable the customer to separate all of his other, uh, for example, location hierarchies that he uses in some completely other context um, and to make it visible that this is a location hierarchy to be used in the package builder. And if you then search for the hierarchies, you find then... Uh, if there's already something in the system matching hierarchies or when you create a new one, you have to enter the hierarchy structure that is matching for the package builder profile. Otherwise, you cannot enter it in the package building profile itself to be used. Okay, so to summarize, we have here, when we go into the hierarchy maintenance, we have for one the hierarchy name and below we have some fields for the hierarchy structure in a separate group. And uh, as I understood you, with this hierarchy structure, we can filter to just select the hierarchies which are actually relevant for the package builder. That's correct. And Or we when we create one, uh, we right. need to select this one to make it valid for the package building. Okay. And it's something we deliver. It's called pp underscore lock underscore hierarchy. And I have just entered this. And now in the hierarchy, if I go to the for help, I actually see some entries. I will just select one to have an, an example and then we can take a look at it. I am going into the display mode and here we have a more uh, complex maintenance view where we to the left have the general hierarchy definitions. To the right we have a so-called group hierarchy fast entry which we will go into detail now um, and below we have the hierarchy itself shown as a tree in a UI element. 
That is correct. That is, as I already mentioned, that's, that is a very old transaction, but very powerful. And uh, how to maintain something in here is you have to click in the tree on the bottom onto an existing node. Then this is taken over into the hierarchy fast entry on the top right screen. And if you are then in the in the in the change mode, then um, actually the location table um, is ready for entry, and you can then yeah adjust the uh, hierarchy node that you have selected. Okay, so one way to define the hierarchy then via childs and and parents is yep. to do it in the fast entry, right? And I see also the buttons in the UI below where we would probably also have the possibility to add objects into the hierarchy. That's correct. Good. Um, and I see that here in the hierarchy, one location uh, or the, at the from the root entry of the hierarchy, below we can have one to many locations. Um, is it so also that the location ca can belong to more than one hierarchies? Uh, actually, that uh, is not allowed. I think uh, there is uh, should be a check in the transaction that uh, checks if a location is already assigned to a different parent node. And um, also uh, important here is that the parent locations must be created as real master data locations. So even if it's not a real warehouse location or a real customer location, depending on what you currently try to group together, they must be created at, as master data. And uh, typically, if we internally set up scenarios or the scenarios that we know from our customers, they use a specific location type for that to make uh, it visible that it is... Yeah, an artificial, I would call it, look, master data location that should not be used in the real logistics process when you, for example, enter a location in, in the order itself. Okay. So it's really a technical grouping location, mm -hmm. uh, but still it is a master data location. Okay. Um, any other things that we should maybe uh, consider here in this transaction or maybe that are not relevant for this transaction? No, I think that should do it. Okay, so it's fairly easy, even though the, the view looks a little bit complicated, but in the end it's about creating a tree based uh, or consisting of locations. And then the root node, which actually defines the hierarchy itself, is what we will be entering then in the package building profile. Yeah, Maybe something to note here, we uh, from time to time face the customer requirement to derive a location hierarchy or grouping directly out of the location attributes. So for example, some address fields should make a location group. Uh, there is nothing automatically. So this needs to be done in a um, custom project. If you have very, very clear requirements, for example, if a new location is created and it has this or those specific attributes defined in the master data, run an automatic function to add it then here into an already existing group. Uh, but as I talk about it, this can get really, really complicated. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the location master data has so many different uh, attributes, so it is hard to make this configurable in a way that it really uh, works solid, flexible, 
and also understandable. So um, I think from a technical point of view, if the customer has very, very clear requirements, for example, it should be suburb. So that I think in the address, there is, uh, and there, there is a specific field for that. Um, it is easy to implement for a very specific customer requirement, but it's very hard to do this in a, in a standard manner. And to do that kind of enhancement, is there some uh, body or some point where the customer could do that or do? I, f I think, uh, for example, when a location is created, there's a change notification agent running, automatically informing yeah, interested functions. Uh, and you could insert your custom function to automatically update the location hierarchy in there, in that change notification agent framework and then for example check the newly created location and pass it then into uh, yeah, the uh, update modules of the location hierarchy okay something or a pattern also used when for example a location is deleted to update the dependent correct. objects correct okay so that should be something um, known to experienced consultants in that area Good. So let's see then if we go to back to the package builder profile. So we have looked at the product relationship profile. We have looked at the location hierarchy, which can then be used in some fields in this package builder profile. And what would still be missing is the product or related to the detailed mix package building some further profiles to tweak the uh, function of the optimizer engine. So the first in that group would be the product orientation profile. What can we understand under that profile? So the product orientation profile tells the optimizer what is allowed when I physically put a product onto a pallet. So can I turn it or even tilt it uh, we touched right. that yeah. uh, already in the last episode yes um, but what is important in the package building profile you define actually a default product orientation profile so if a product in the master data has no definitions it behaves like it is defined in here mm -hmm. if there is not even a profile defined in the package building profile there is some hard-coded behavior and we touched that uh, then only the turning is allowed but no tilting mm -hmm. but uh, and we will come to that later in the material master data you can be very specific on the product base but here you define the um, yeah default material uh, orientation okay great so this is customizing mm -hmm. uh, and can then as a customizing definition be reused in the master data okay And to enter the transaction, I would then also here look into the package building definitions package and see that it's called slash scmb slash mat underscore orient. And as you did mention last time, it's uh, quite an interesting transaction because if uh, I go into the detail, I would see some pictures. So uh, let's just see now how... Uh, this will look like so the first entry of course is just a table of the view where we have all the table entries 
we have the product orientation profile as the first column and also as a key for this view. And uh, besides the description, we have a series of columns which are, consists only of check marks. And I can see we have six columns. I can try to explain a little bit uh, about them right now, but as Marco said, uh, the quickest way to understand them would be to look at the pictures that we will see also in the transaction. So they're called from left to right, uh, they're called bottom straight, bottom turned, back straight, back turned, and left straight, and left turned. And if I double click and go into one detail of that, we see the beautiful images here. Um, it will be hard to convey this uh, in, the, in the podcast, but uh, suffice to say that once you see them, it uh, should make it clear. So we have uh, some pictures. So, uh, it's actually one cube, which represents a product or, or a package. And the sides are colored in different uh, colors. We have the top side colored in green, the right side colored in blue, and the front colored in yellow. And so by um, turning this into the possible solutions, we can then convey what is meant by the check boxes, right? Mm -hmm. I have to add here, if you dig uh, deeper into uh, the topic and you physically take a cubic object and you try to figure out all of the options that are there, you will quickly figure out that there are more than those six. Uh, but what we do not distinguish for uh, each of the options that there is exactly one that is turned 180 degrees. So if you, for example, take a fridge where you have a front and you have a back and they are from a cubic perspective the same, but from a real product perspective, of course, different. Um, this is currently not supported to decide uh, if for example, the front must be in a specific direction. So if something is allowed to, if, if I have the front, for example, on the left side, what can be the next uh, yeah, back or front of the next product? So is it, for example, allowed if I put it onto the pallet, the front must always be into a specific direction. So this can currently not be uh, defined in the orientation profile. In a custom project, you kind of can do this in the um, package building post-processing where you can, with yeah, the custom-specific logic, adjust the uh, orientation then. But basically, from a technical point of view, the position of the product is pretty much the same. It's just turned around then. Okay, understood. So also, in other words, uh, the fridge cannot or in the system we cannot differentiate whether the fridge is sitting in the correct orientation or turned upside down for the system it's exactly the same yeah, correct okay so um in in this view what we get is um like the view the possibility to see what means um what for example is meant by straight and turned so for the straight it's just that the uh, looking at this object from the top we have no rotation, it's just in the initial state. And we have, if we have it turned, it means that it's rotated by 90 degrees in a clockwise direction when we look at it from the top. Correct. So that's one um, way to differentiate between straight and turned. 
and the other direction or dimension that we can also um, apply these rotations to would be then whether we do this rotation to the bottom. So this means um, actually yeah. if we have bottom straight, so we have our initial view, if we have bottom turned, we have rotated it by 90 degrees when we look from the top or from the bottom, doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. My advice actually would be if you start to tackle this problem to set up a very, very easy example in the system, uh, only enable one of the six options, run a package building and check the 3D visualization uh, that is available within the business document or within the transportation cockpit and you will quickly understand how it actually works. Right. That's uh, also a good tip. Right. This The next one would be back. So if we have the back uh, straight, it means we don't tilt it towards the back. And we if we have the back turned, then it means we have tilted it towards the back so we just push it to the back and the left and the same to, uh, by the left so if we have the left straight it means we do not turn it to the left and if we have um, left turn it means we actually turn it to the left so yeah it's uh, quite a bit of combinations but as uh, marcus said once you set up a, a very simple example and you go to the system It's something that's uh, that's then defined, and you do it typically once for um, for a certain uh, group of products, and then you don't have to to change this profile. Yeah, correct. So I think this is very static. Of course, for each product, you need to define which of the profiles is relevant for you and applicable. Uh, but basically, on the on the on the profile level, you would not adjust things. Okay, so then let's jump into the next profile that we need. It's also related to the package builder optimizer as mentioned, and it's uh, the profile for the package building optimizer. So we mentioned also last time, this is something where we put some more technical settings that are needed for the optimizer. We won't go into much detail uh, of what they mean, but it, we will just take a look at what we have. So if we jump into it, we have the same overview view as a, as a table. We have the profile itself as the first column and also as the key. And then we have, besides the description, we have a series of settings. I will go into the detail. It's easier to see them uh, from top to bottom. So And they are also actually uh, aptly named technical settings. Uh, we have the maximum optimizer runtime, which is expressed in milliseconds. Most of these will also probably be self-explanatory, such as this. Um, but um, other than that, I mean, here we also have uh, consultants that actually know about these settings. These are also settings that we have in other optimizer engines. And it's something that needs to be tweaked. It's, uh, they are like uh, tweaking settings because depending on the optimizer runtime you will have um, different results if you leave more time for the optimizer to run but yeah, other co than that, correct i mean to give an easy uh, understandable example if the optimizer is to be uh, create a mixed palette containing two different yeah products Uh, is totally different from uh, yeah, from a scenario where, for example, a hundred different products are handed over. So depending on the on the customer scenario, it is important to understand that this is the spot 
to give the optimizer time for the calculation and you have to in very detail check the examples when setting up the scenarios and validating them because it can have a massive effect on the mass uh, on, on on the number of to be created pellets and as you mentioned i mean 200 milliseconds does not sound much But if you look later into the logic and, and of the package builder, we will then see that this optimizer is actually called several times. And in the end, it will be some kind of balance that the customer needs to, to find between what, how much time uh, can we spare for this kind of processing, processing and how good the results need to be. Okay, so uh, the next one would be a setting called maximum optimizer runtime without improvement. And uh, here we also see, um, if I look into the documentation, uh, because we know it's an optimization run that applies some heuristics, uh, they are not deterministic and they can be um, compared to one another when there are several possible results evaluated. And if the optimizer It can be that after trying several times to do some tweaking and trying to get better results, that it finds no improvement. And this here would be a time or a setting where we define or allow the, the optimizer to, to recognize, okay, when should I stop after not finding a, an improvement. Optimization emphasis. Yeah, you need to check the uh, F1 help for that. Right, uh, because this is very optimizer specific. Um, it basically tells the optimizer what is the preference uh, into which direction to search. Okay, so both this and the last one is um, defined in as a percentage, or in other words, the last one, the maximum optimizer runtime without improvement, is defined as a percentage, and this is the percentage of the total runtime which has elapsed. Mm -hmm. And with the emphasis, we have a number here. And um, it means, I mean, as a number, it's a focus that says if you have a high number, it's a highly focused optimization emphasis. And if I read here, it says that the optimizer then focuses on evaluating as many possibilities as possible mm -hmm. and spends less time on variating this Uh, possibilities. So, for example, it will not try to completely rebuild packages every time, but will try to, to have other possibilities considered. And the low focus is that the optimizer will spend more time on the variation to have, um, as possible, very, very varied possibilities with completely different looking uh, packages that have been rebuilt and will focus less time on actually evaluating if a possibility is good based on the criteria. So uh, actually it's not easy to, to tweak or to set up. It's something that the customer will also need to tweak based on the results that they are getting for their products. Correct. Okay, and then we have some settings which are also used in other optimizer engines. The first one would be the optimizer dump level. And it's a very simple setting. It's either off or on. So what does it mean, Marcus, if I do a dump? Yeah, it basically um, tells the system when I execute the package builder optimizer, should I write a log or not? Okay. 
So um, and the log uh, will also probably then be available in such in a monitor transaction to did and uh, it will also dump uh, files which will allow the optimizer team to reprocess or to reproduce this this uh, optimization run. So including an input file which contains the input to the optimizer and also the results so that they can also say see if they have the same results. So it's also very useful for reproducing this uh, problem. So good advice if you encounter uh, unexpected behavior of the package builder optimizer you should definitely run the scenario with the uh, dump level on mm -hmm. and with the most detailed trace level available to give the optimizer colleagues when they check uh, the incident a chance to quickly uh, come to the problem. Okay, and uh, you have also mentioned then the trace level that's the next and last setting in the profile and here we just have a, a list of the possible detail level for the errors. Going from muted where we have no one to uh, a debug two level. So we expect there to be a quite a verbose description of the of the messages. Yeah, and of course, I mean, if you're in a productive system uh, and you set uh, the trace level to the highest level, this of course also consumes uh, yeah, memory in your system. Uh, so it's maybe a good advice to, in the beginning, uh, play around with a higher level of the of the trace level to understand what the optimizer is doing as soon as the uh, scenario is pretty stable to reduce the uh, trace level or maybe even deactivate the dump and only if you then encounter issues to reactivate and increase the, the, the level again. Mm, okay. That was it for the package building optimizer profile. Uh, to enter it, you can execute the transaction slash scmp slash pb underscore opt underscore prf. And actually a very related profile that we will see in the package building profile as the next one is the package building optimizer rule profile. So as the name says, here we will be able to define some rules that the optimizer will consider. And this will actually not tweak the technical side, but it's more a functional yeah, definition. Functional. Yeah. Okay. And uh, if you are already familiar with the uh, uh, SAP transportation management load planning uh, functionality, where we also use an optimizer, you're also familiar with uh, the concept of yeah, tweaking the optimizer into specific directions using rules in the load plan area i think we have around about 50 different rules um, ranging from truck related things ranging from legal restrictions so whenever the optimizer learns a new functionality internally this is basically the uh, yeah, technical construct that we use to uh, make it configurable for the user and this was taken over then for the package builder optimizer as a concept to kind of have here a similar uh, yeah, look and feel for the customer and the consultants yeah and the transaction code for that is slash scmb slash pb underscore optrp and if we go into that one we see a very uh, simple view cluster. In the first one, we have just the ID of the profile in the description and uh, the detail view, which is called rules, has a table with six columns. The first is the ID for the rule itself. 
we have then the description. We have an activation flag, which just indicates if it's active or not. And then we have some other fields which relate to the uh, rule setting itself. So as I uh, see, we only have delivered until now three rules. So as you mentioned, if the load plan uh, rule uh, setup has uh, some uh, quite so many with the package building optimizer, we still have uh, a way to go for that. Um, so I would say from these ru three rules that we have, Marcus, if you yeah. can explain them. Yeah, yeah. I'm here I have to add, we very often in the load plan area and also now in the package building area get the requirements. Uh, I want to have uh, my rules uh, here uh, definable, so I want to add my customer-specific rule. Well, that actually makes no sense because those are actually the rules that the optimizer engine itself provides for the application. So this is important to understand. This is completely hard-coded. There is no configuration to, for example, have a new rule 4000 and this is in my scenario uh, meaning and tweaking the optimizer in that direction so whenever uh, there is a requirement first the optimizer has to learn the functionality then the optimizer colleagues give that functionality a new rule id and we can make it then visible here mm -hmm. and also for custom projects it's actually very hard in custom projects to enhance the optimizer on the application side this is, I think, pretty much standard how to do that. But on the optimizer side, this is always very, very complicated. So the rules that are mm. available here in the F4 help, um, they are pretty much it. So you can select nothing else, even if you would enhance the table. Um, and the uh, free rules that are available here are now minimized height difference on the capacity center the center of mass and lower the height of the center of the mass. Um, mm -hmm. I think the rules kind of speak for themselves. Uh, but again, as everything in the optimization, you need to set up your specific scenario as a consultant or as a customer and try to understand the effect of that. I think from uh, if you take a look at a single rule, it is easier to understand as soon as you have multiple rules activated, they of course sometimes kind of interact with each other, making it much more complicated to understand it. Okay, and for that purpose also, because, I mean, it's not like an on-off switch the rules, it's just like um, a, a waiting for the optimizer to, to find the best solution. Yeah. It's setting up some constraints. And uh, for this, as, as you mentioned, because they can interact, there's also the possibility via the so-called level to define in what hierarchy these rules need to be considered. For example, if I assign one of these rules to the level one, which is uh, the first column that we can edit here, it means it will be the most important rule. That is correct. And after the, that, then the ascending order will determine if they are not correct or they're, if they're not as important as the, as the previous one. And the coefficient is just another way to say if we have many rules which have the same level, then with the coefficient we can actually um, also do a, a prioritization inside the same level so that the optimizer can actually really um, know which is more important. 
I mean, this de definitely goes into the direction that we need a separate uh, podcast episode, uh, kind of inviting somebody from the optimizer team explaining the behavior of things like that. That is a good idea, yeah. Because even for us, it's hard to explain, hard to understand. And maybe the experts can give a deeper look into that topic. Right. And uh, let's see, maybe when uh, this time comes, we will have more rules um, and let and we will be able to tweak a little bit more of the functionality of the package building optimizer. Good. And I think this is then or was the final setting in the package building profile that we wanted to complete in this episode. And I would also say that this would conclude the topics for this episode. We can now safely say that we have covered the package building profile in its entirety uh, and hopefully to a level of detail that is useful to you, dear listeners. But um, this is not the last episode in this series. In the next one, we will tackle the package type assignment and after that the master data. And of course, there's a lot of stuff there to, to go into detail. But at this point, I would like to thank Marcus again for uh, providing us his valuable knowledge. I would also like uh, to thank you, dear listeners, to, for tuning in. Uh, we hope that this is something that uh, is useful to you. And I will be happy to host the next episode in this series. Thank you very much. And until next time. Thanks, Philippe. Bye-bye.